volunteer state. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Volquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Want to get a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. By Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. By Tennessee LASIK Associates. Proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK and by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... I want to thank everybody for joining us again this Sunday evening. I'm Chris Lowe with Austin Price. This is The Nation. We do it every Sunday night. We're at the Texas Roadhouse here at the Knoxville Center, a Texas Roadhouse that is brimming. And I'm talking about they're waiting outside. Uh, always good to hang out with our friends here at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, another, I guess it's, a, I don't, pardon the pun, but a blue Sunday, BYU blue. By the way, when I was, I'll, I'll go with just the blunder against BYU. I um, I saw a ton of BYU people when I went to rent my car on Friday. I was at the Clemson A&M game. Um, I saw a ton of BYU people coming into the airport. They, sure. had a, they had a good crowd here. Tennessee losing in double overtime. I said last week I thought Tennessee would play better. They did play better. Said they would win. I was wrong. Balls 0-2 AP for the first time since 1988. How old were you in 1988? I was five. Five years old. You know, there. I've seen all all day today. You know, all the you know forever. Tennessee has been saying feels like '98, feels like '98 as they start every season, and uh, I've seen several today say feels like '88. And uh, you know, a game Tennessee, you know, led from the get go. Um, you know, did they play great? No, but they were much better than a week ago. I thought the game plan was really good. Um, just. Struggling quarterback play kept BYU in it, um, especially in the second half. And then, you know, uh, just a, a totally a total mental error on the part of Elante Taylor. And that so can't, about, that can't but, happen in Pop you know, Warner football. Yeah, well, less than 20 seconds to go to let a BYU receiver get behind him. They end up getting down there, kicking a field goal. They go to overtime. And, of course, uh, you know, they scored the first, you know, the first series of overtime. Tennessee did counter with a touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings, and then it was a field goal by Samaglia, who was four for four 
on the evening. And uh, and then just the the will of the BYU offensive line and uh, running backs gets uh, the Cougars into the end zone. And, and you know, it, it's an 0-2 start. You know, I talked to Harrison Bailey earlier today, Chris, Tennessee's coveted quarterback commitment. You know, he, he told me that, you know, he could see the improvement from week one to week two. Saw, you know, a, a massive improvement from last year on the offensive line. Obviously, you know, disappointed in the outcome. But, you know, as the leader of the 2020 recruiting class, you know, his kind of goal is to keep this class together. They had a long talk last night as a, as a group, the ones that were in attendance. And uh, and if you're Jimmy Pruitt and company, that's what you got to hope for is that this does not, you know, this slow start to the season it does not affect the recruiting class because otherwise it's going to be this vicious cycle of you, you got to win games to get players. You know, it, 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 you can't win games without good players. So, I mean, it, it's just kind of a vicious cycle Tennessee's wrapped up in right now. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group, for helping bring you the nation each week. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, MIG can help you fulfill your home buying goals. Don't let your lender lose your loan in outer space. Keep your mortgage on the ground with MIG. It's not rocket science. MIG is celebrating being in business for 30 years this year. They're also the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, the number one USDA Tennessee lender, and the number one THDA lender. Let them put that experience to work for you. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to helping Tennesseans fulfill their dreams of home ownership. Their mortgage experts will find and structure the mortgage that best fits your needs and achieves your goals. Mortgage Investors Group wants to be your home loan lender. Are you buying a new home? Do you need to lower your home loan payment? You just need to pull out some cash out of the equity in your home. Let Mortgage Investors Group work for you. Go to MIGonline.com for the nearest office. Equal housing lender, license 109-111. That's 10-91-11. Drove back from, as I said, A&M Clemson. Drove back today. Heard from a lot of people, former players, people I went to school with, other coaches, people around college football. And I think the question I keep getting over and over again, AP, is, how did it get to this point? And and I think it's easy when you're mostly tied to any team or school just to say, well, whoever it is, that he's not the guy we need to move on. Well, that's sort of been tried at Tennessee now for the last decade, and it hadn't worked, hiring a new coach every two or three years. The only way, and, and again, this is just doesn't, make, doesn't mean it's, it's 100% right, but the only way anybody I've talked to thinks that Tennessee's going to get back, not to being elite. See, I think that's, Right now, that's pie in the sky. But getting back to be a team that can be a an eight or a nine-win team, <clears throat> something that Butch Jones did when he was here for a couple of years, but just get back to that point, you're going to have to have a coach be able to stack two or three of his own recruiting classes back to back to back and then develop those classes. But hiring, you know, hiring a guy every two or three years, I don't think, you know, is, is Jeremy that guy? I don't know. I don't think we can say that yet, but I also don't think we can say we've seen enough to know that he isn't that guy. This is what I will say. And having traveled around, I was at Clemson AM yesterday and seen what elite personnel looks like. Tennessee ain't there, but they're good enough to be beating Georgia State and BYU. We're not talking about Mississippi State and South Carolina and Ole Miss and Missouri and Texas A&M, we're talking about Georgia State and BYU. BYU is a better football team than Georgia State. Go go back to last week. That loss to me was on the coaches. 
And part of it was the one-two with the players, but it, it also goes back to coaching. They did not have them prepared like they should. Last night, that coaching staff had a good game plan. Were they perfect? No, but I mean, like you're not going to be in most instances. But they were, you know, they were plenty good enough to win the football game. The players, quarterback, struggled. I mean, you know, just locking in on receivers. I mean, could have easily thrown three or four interceptions last night. Well, the, well, the touchdown, the, the first, first touchdown, touchdown probably should have was been a terrible throw, and, and, and you know, it kind of got plinkoed in, into Juwan Jennings' hands. Um, you know, Juwan was open late in the first half for what would have been an easy touchdown, Chris. And, you know, J.G. throws it late. You go back to the one interception early in the second half. He's got Palmer and the tight end wide open. He don't even look at them, just stares down uh, the guy. He, he threw it to and threw it into quadruple coverage. He, he's got to be vastly better. Or Tennessee's got to look at you know at, at all options. And, and that's not. And I, and I think I'm, you got to play one of those kids this week. Well, you do. Well, you, well in a perfect world, you would have played them last week because right. you would have handled Georgia exactly. State exactly. You know, uh, but you didn't. And so you know, who would have thought two weeks in that Tennessee's not played neither Brian Mauer or J.T. Shrout? I mean, I, I sure didn't. I don't think anybody would have predicted that to be the case. Uh, you know, three weeks ago. So. Um, you know, you're right. You, I don't think you can say, yeah, definitively, Jeremy Pruitt's not the guy. I don't think you can say he is the guy. Um, you know, you're right. There's been a lot of change. Sometimes you got to stick it out, and uh, you go back to. And I'm not saying he's going to be Dabo Sweeney, but you go back to Dabo. Dabo's first couple of years at Clemson, whew, rough. I'm more rough. And people thought Terry you know, Don, Terry Don Phillips was a Clemson AD, and I know Terry, and he said that people thought he'd lost his mind when he hired Dabo. No, granted, no, granted Dabo is, he and Nick Saban are the two best coaches in college football. That is a, you know, I'm not going to even begin to make that comparison. But the, what I will say, having done this for a long time, that what, what we know hasn't worked at Tennessee, what we know definitively hasn't worked, is hiring a new football coach every three, three years or so. Now, that doesn't mean that you stick with Jeremy Pruitt forever if you're not getting the kind of results. But I think you at least got to let him get a couple more classes and see if he can develop those guys. A couple things to think, think about quarterback. I was with a, a really good friend of mine who's a scout in the NFL yesterday at Clemson. I had a chance to talk with him. He was here. He was through here last week watching practice, looking at some tape. And the thing he said about Garantano was that he had played, and this was before the BYU game that we talked, Yeah, that he played much better, again, according to the Tennessee coaches. In the preseason, the scrimmages uh, had been much more decisive known where he wanted to go with the football than he did. It was like night and day in that first game. They were really, really down and disappointed on how poorly he played. They did not see that coming at all in the first game. Here's the other thing, and and this gets back to evaluation and recruiting and fit. Uh, people say, well, if it's not Garantano, they need to go play somebody else. Well, obviously the, the, the two that are behind him right now, they don't think are, are a huge upgrade that already played. And, and remember this. When Jeremy and Tyson Helton came in, that's what you're they, gonna... they had they had a chance because Butch Jones' staff had Adrian Martinez committed. Correct. That's correct. That, that's I, again. I go back to uh, you know comments I've made on here before. Comments I've made on different different outlets, including the Volquest. If you go back the last decade, it's not you know everybody wants to point the fingers at at you know. Lane Kiffin or Derek Dooley or Butch Jones and now Jeremy Pruitt, but and and then you know in correlation it kind of works hand in hand. 
the decisions made by some of those coaches affected Tennessee's quarterback room. I mean, you go back to 2009. Philip Fulmer has Bryce Petty and Taj Boyd committed to play football at Tennessee. Clemson, look where Clemson was at then and where Tennessee was at. Yep. And then they were like two ships passing in the night as Taj Boyd got off one yep. ship and transferred to the other. Yeah, Lane, Lane and, didn't want him. I mean, and, I talked and, to Lane about that. He and, just just didn't feel like they fit what they wanted and, and, to do. And then you go back to the Butch Jones era. His offense did not mesh with what Trevor Lawrence, a guy that loved Peyton Manning, loved Tennessee. Right. L- grew up when he, in Kingsport before they moved down to Georgia. Loved Tennessee. Had Peyton Manning posters all over his room. Kid wanted to come here. And, and Tennessee was never an option because of the offense that Butch ran. And then, you know, uh, you know this current staff now, Tyson Helton, directly responsible for Adrian Martinez, you know, going elsewhere. Now, Scott Frost came in at a hot time for him. Right. That, that plays a part in and it. And did a phenomenal job with Tony, the dad, with Adrian. Um, and, and so, that, that you know, give him more credit than, than the blame to Jeremy and, and Tyson. Right. But Ty, they didn't. Tyson likes Trout. But, but, but they, it was not a big deal. They didn't, they, you know, it was not a big deal to lose Adrian at the time to, to, to Tyson. Helton. Looks a little different now. And it looks terrible now because that quarterback room looks far different with Adrian Martinez sitting in there than it does with J.T. Shroud in there. And that's not a knock on J.T. Shroud. Because we don't really know what he's got at the college level, right. he's not played it down. And, and let's um, and, and, but, but, and I'm glad you said that. But we that. have seen Adrian Martinez. Right. So you know the kid ran. The kid basically ran for 100 yet last yesterday and then threw for 300. Now Colorado came from behind to win that game right. in Boulder, in, in, in you know in a pretty cool fashion. Well, I think it's safe to say we've seen enough of Martinez to know he would be an upgrade at that position right oh, now. Oh, dude, you, it, it would. It and, would and this is and this is not, put yeah. pressure on JG. This is not to Paul and Garantano again. If you make one play. That you make in Pop Warner yesterday on defense, you win that game yep. yesterday. Okay, and, and that's right. I and mean, it's and it's it's a pretty nice bounce back win. Instead, you're zero and two. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch up in the next segment, and I would invite fans to be, be sure and hang in there with Tom Luganville, who was part of the ESPN broadcast crew yesterday. Tom's a good friend. I've known Tom a long time. Got a great feel for recruiting. He's covered recruiting for a long time. He understands Tennessee's personnel, uh, comparatively speaking, to what other teams have. He was there yesterday. I talked to Tom earlier today. He had some really good perspective and insight on some things that happened in that game, in particular some of the timeouts they had to take on defense yesterday just to get guys lined up. Yep. Just because guys were not in position and they had to take those timeouts to get them up. We'll try to talk to Tom. We will talk to Tom on the other side about some of those things. As I said, I had a chance to have, you know, we, we chatted about that game yesterday. But, no, there's when you have the kind of start Tennessee's had this year, uh, people get emotional. I understand it. There's a lot uh, in, a, in a community like Knoxville, Tennessee. So much, there's so much invested in Tennessee football, and when you have a, a decade like the Vols have had the last ten years, uh, everyone is looking for answers. Well, there's a lot more questions right now than there are answers about this Tennessee football team. And you got a Chattanooga team that rolls in here on Saturday. That's a noon game. I would venture to say, AP, and just being honest. Some people say that, well, you're trying to make things worse or you're dancing on people's graves. No, I'm just trying to be honest. I've always tried to be as informed and fair and honest as I possibly can. I think there will be fewer bodies in the stands for that game on Saturday than we've seen over there at Neyland Stadium in the last 50 or 60 years, at least the last 40 or 50 years. I agree. Bodies in the stands. Agreed. And, by the way, kudos to the Tennessee fans because 
They showed a great it, environment. When they, when they had every reason to not come. Great environment. I agree. They showed up, which is not a shock. Look what they've done for the last decade in a lot of, you know, tough spots. They've they've been there through through a lot of. Uh, a, a lot of bad. Um, a lot of bad football. Yeah. And a lot of change and turnover. Yeah, correct. And so, you know, kudos to them. You know, I, you're right, though. I, Saturday, noon, hot. Yeah. It's Chattanooga. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, like, if, you, you got to get, you got to give fans a reason to come. And, and, and you're right. They showed up. It was loud. They were into the game. I wasn't there, but my son Adam was there and then talked to people and then watching on TV and talking to people. Great environment. And, and, and really a much better crowd than I thought would be there after what happened in week one. Let's go ahead and take our first break. We're at the Texas Roadhouse at Knoxville Center. Uh, we're going to have Tom Luganbill of ESPN on in the next segment. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. We'll be right back. We're always delighted to spend Sunday nights with our friends here at Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants and some great deals. Do you hate to wait? Download the Texas Roadhouse mobile app and get your name added to the wait list before you arrive or order to go. Bring in the whole family to enjoy kids' night at Texas Roadhouse. Visit TexasRoadhouse.com to find out the details about your favorite location. Text STEAK, S-T-E-A-K, to 68984 to become a Texas Roadhouse VIP. Enjoy information about specials and delicious gifts, standard message, and data rates apply. Texas Roadhouse, your home for great hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. Right now, you can get $0.05 off every gallon of fuel every day. That's $0.05 off every gallon with Make It Count Rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. Down the field, Rocky Top, running through the tee. The Big Orange is steeped in tradition. Charlie, Ken, and now me, Kevin Frazier. Frazier's Carpet One is also steeped in tradition. Since 1953, Frazier's has been the name to trust in carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl tile, and anything for your floors. Call us at 546-4850. We'll come to you. We'll make it easy. Everything for the floor, from the tradition you trust more, Frazier's. The world's most interesting beer is now available this season at Neyland Stadium, the home of the vaults. Enjoy the excitement of Dos Equis Cerveza at your watch party tailgate and now at University of Tennessee home football games. Dos Equis is the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs, so it's the perfect beer for fall Saturdays in Big Orange Country. Brewed since 1897, it's all about tradition, just like college football. So keep it interessante at Neyland with Dos Equis. Please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, proud supporter of UT Athletics. 
This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. Hey, welcome back into The Nation. It's Chris Lowe with Austin Price. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Good friend of mine. Guy does a great job. Uh, and, and, and I tell you, we, maybe Tom, this, this is Tom Luganville. Maybe we'll spice this interview up. And let's, let's do the whole interview in, in our head ball coach voice. What, what's he call you? Lugie? Lukes? What, Tommy? Lugie. What's all going on? Tom, we appreciate you spending some time. Now, you were part of the ESPN crew last night. Um, we talked earlier today, uh, another ugly loss for Tennessee. It gets a much better team in BYU than they played in the first week against Georgia State. But still a lot, as you look at Tennessee's personnel, you look at what really is plaguing them now. What are your two or three takeaways, Tom, from that loss last night? Tennessee's first 0-2 start in 31 years. Yeah, and I, and I tell you, um, the one thing that's a positive that stands out to me is those kids played hard. They played with great effort. Um, they cared. Uh, I think you'd have much bigger and greater concerns if this was a team that wasn't given effort, that was, you know, just not dialed in, not caring about the football team, the locker room, the fan base, the team. I think those kids do care about that. What was so hard to watch and, and, and see unfold is, for whatever reason, this is a team on defense that really struggles to line up, get themselves in a position to, to play good, sound defensive football, and communicate with each other on the field prior to the snap. You know, three of the six timeouts that occurred last night for Tennessee were because the defense either wasn't lined up or the communication to get everybody lined up was incorrect, and the coaches had to call a timeout to try and get everybody settled down and on the same page. And I think that, more than anything else, is what was so frustrating excuse me, and what led to, you know, the mishap there at the end of the fourth quarter that put BYU in position to, to kick a field goal and take this thing to overtime. Tom, you follow recruiting as – closely as anybody and, and you've evaluated these kids you've seen a lot of these kids you've seen tons of tape on and, and i think when you start talking about tennessee can tennessee get back and i think tennessee fans probably need to temper right now what back is we're not talking about getting back to where alabama or clemson or ohio state or lsu is but just getting back to where they're a middle tier sec school and clearly they don't stack up with some of the top teams in the nation but i gotta believe and i want your opinion on this they still have the kind of personnel, do they not, that they should be beating the Georgia States, the BYUs of the world? Give me your take on that. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I really do. Um, you know, right now they're sitting there right around 69 scholarship players. Um, they have had some injuries. They are playing some young guys. But if you notice the young guys that they're playing, and I mentioned this at the top of our broadcast last night, you know, also the Georgia State ball game and heading into the game versus BYU, I think the coaches were in a bit of a catch-22. Do we play some of the older guys, some of the upperclassmen, guys that maybe we believe are going to do the right things, minimize mistakes, but aren't as talented as some of the younger guys? Or do we play the younger guys in realizing that we might have some mistakes? Okay, well, at least those kids are going to grow, they're going to get better, and maybe they're a little bit more athletic than what, what we've had. And so Last night you saw Eric Gray get significant touches, and you can tell he's a little bit different than the other guys. Henry Toto made some plays. He's going to continue to blossom. 
Um, they just don't have the depth in the offensive and defensive line, and they haven't been able to find the right mixture, particularly in the offensive line, to be competent on that side of the ball. And, you know, whether it's Darnell Wright or Wanya Morris, both players that are really good, could potentially be great at one point, and you're, you're rotating them in and out of there, it's hard to generate any consistency and any type of sustained uh, production when you're having a hard time figuring out who your best five are going to be so that you can leave them in there all the time. I thought they were better last week or last night than they were the week before, and will probably be better next week than they were, you know, on Saturday. Did you get the sense with this staff, and I think, you know, across the, you know, when you talk to coaches across college football, that the new the new rule as far as red shirting really does change how a, a coaching staff looks at certain kids and maybe you know you talk about playing putting some young kids in in place of the veterans you know when when they kind of have that Kelly Bryant rule from a year ago as an example of a guy who you know played the first four games and then decided that he was going to go on and, and and to greener pastures somewhere else um, you know do, do you feel like coaches change how they view how they're going to play an upperclassman now for those first you know half the season because they know that those upperclassmen could leave if you just turn to a younger guy well i think it's something you've got to consider i think roster management now for everybody whether it's tennessee or everybody across the landscape of college football is more tenuous than ever because you you are at risk of of losing guys whether it's postgraduate transfers whether it's undergraduate transfers and you know, guys jumping in and out of the transfer portal, and if they feel like that, you know, there's a youth movement that's going on, maybe they're going to move on somewhere else, and now all of a sudden you've got a lack of depth, which is certainly concerning. Um, I think that's something, though, that's not exclusive to, to Tennessee. I think that applies to everybody, not just at the quarterback position, but uh, across the board. And when, when you're trying to get this team in Tennessee in particular ready to go, I think the number one thing that has to happen going forward is the guys that are doing what they're coached to do and are doing it with fanatical effort, regardless of what class you're in, regardless of what position you play, are the guys that you're going to have to ride and build the foundation around. And and they're going to play above and beyond anybody else based off of execution and effort. And last night we saw significant effort didn't see the execution that's going to allow you to be a good enough team to move forward. Do you think that they, I mean, in, in kind of in your mind, does Tennessee have to really start to go, I won't say full, whole cell changes as far as the youth movement, but at least lean that way a little bit based off the fact that a lot of these upperclassmen, you know, they, they've, ne- they've not been used to winning. And, and some of these freshmen are coming from winning high school programs and, and they understand what it takes, the little things, you know, to, to, to get the W's. Do you think that they kind of lean that way as far as going that route? I, I think there's a tendency to um, because those kids don't know anything other than your way. You know, when you, you take over a program, you take over an existing roster, you know, you're going to have some attrition. You're going to have some guys stuck in the system, and you've got to try to, you know, get you know the whole buy-in process that everybody talks about and, and you know, adhering to what your blueprint's going to be in terms of how the program's going to be run. Well, the younger kids that you bring in, that, that's all they know. And I know that Jeremy Pruitt feels really good about his younger players. He feels they've got some young kids that are, are athletic, that can run. Are they ready to play yet? 
probably not. And unfortunately, a lot of them are playing. I asked Jeremy Pruitt going into the locker room at halftime uh, in relationship to some of the miscommunication in the defensive backhand. It's what's creating it and how do you fix it? First thing out of his mouth is, well, we're young and we're having a hard time seeing things right now. And I think that's sometimes what happens when you maybe have too many inexperienced young guys on the field all at one time, and Tennessee's got a little bit of that right now. Tommy, it's Chris again. You know, you, as I have, we, we've been around Jeremy. We, we've covered him for a while. What, what were you most concerned about him as a head coach when he took the job? And what did you think would be his greatest strength as a coach as he moved into that head coaching realm? Well, I think it's hard to forecast, you know, what are the concerns. I think the answer is almost the same for everybody that hasn't been a head coach before, and that is juggling all the balls in the air at one time. You know, being spread thin amongst your staff and the community, all of the things that you're asked to do that don't have anything to do with X's and O's or recruiting, and how you handle all those things. I think the hiring of your staff is a is something that nobody knows you know, are you getting the right guy, the right motivators, the right X's and O's guys, the right, you know, recruiting guys? You know, they're, what, 18 months into this group and this staff, a season in two games. So I think that that's still undecided. I, I know this, uh, you know, you go out and you hire a guy like Jim Chaney. Well, Jim Chaney's been a guru for three years. Well, he didn't all of a sudden take stupid pills. So, you know, what do you got to do to fix that? You got to recruit. And if you're going to ask me what is the positive that I saw coming when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, is he knows how to evaluate and he knows how to recruit. Now, as we all know with the Tennessee program, one of the challenges is you can't build the program just from in-state kids. There aren't enough of them. You've got to go into everybody else's backyard, and you've got to win in North Georgia, and you've got to win some in Alabama, and you've got to pluck guys out of other people's backyards that are going to be really, really good players. But that doesn't happen overnight. You guys recall last week after the Georgia State game, he made a comment that I thought was very telling. He said, we don't have enough competition right now on this football team. Essentially what he's saying is that whoever the guy is that's listed as a starter, if the guys behind him aren't good enough to push that guy, then that guy's not being challenged from a competitive temperament standpoint. And they need to recruit to that. The problem is there's no short-term fix. You just got to play through what you have right now. But the long-term fix is to put together a depth of roster where the guy that may be playing the most snaps is constantly being pushed by somebody who's as good, if not better, than he is. And that's not where the roster is right now. Yeah. And, and you're, you're dead on, Tom. And, and haven't you know, had to, been blessed enough to travel around and watch Clemson practice and Alabama practice and Ohio State practice. I, I say this all the time. I'll go watch the defensive line practice in their corner of the field, you know, or the outside linebackers. And a lot of times it's hard for me to tell because they, their, their, you know, they don't have their names in the back of the jersey at those places. Who's first team? Who's second team? Heck, sometimes who's third team? And, and the, the, right. the competition they create on the practice field is incredible. And, and that's what ser- separated those programs. And that's what you've got to somehow try to get to at a place like Tennessee. The only way you get there, though, is you've got to have to build some stability in your program stack two, three, four recruiting classes on top of each other and then develop those classes. No question. you got to develop and you got to avoid attrition. Do you not believe, Tom, and I know we're up against it and got to get you out of here, but do you not believe the only way this thing gets turned around is to have the development part of this? Because, you know, to get your top-end players, you got to win games. Well, to win games, yep. you got to have top-end players. So at some point, you got to have a group that kind of overachieves a little bit that you develop – 
and that everybody can see. Look what they did with that group. Kind of like Rick Barnes has done with the basketball team here. I totally agree with that. And I'll tell you right now, it starts at quarterback. You know, one of the things that can get you off the mat and get you moving forward in a hurry is if you hit on a quarterback early. Now, whether that ends up being Jared Garantano for the rest of the year, whether they decide to say, you know what, we're going to give Brian Maurer a shot. Whatever that is, if you happen to hit on one of those, you are going to dramatically upgrade your chances to be competitive sooner rather than later, which then affects the entire football team in a positive manner. Tom, your overall thoughts of Harrison Bailey? Um, I think that he is a quality passer. I don't think he's a great athlete. I think what you have with him is a guy that's going to be a pocket player and uh, more in the mold of you know what a Jake Fromm was for Georgia in terms of how the offensive style is. Everything is going to be from within the pocket. It's not going to be a guy that's going to create and make a lot of plays and be running around and improvising. That's just not what he is. Well, Tom, man, we appreciate it. Uh, Jim Cheney certainly did a nice job with Jake Fromm in that capacity at Georgia, so we'll see yep. if that's the case at Tennessee. But we really appreciate your time spending part of your Sunday night with us. Safe travels, my friend, and hope to catch up with you down the road. All right, have a good one, guys. Thank you. See you. That's Tom Luganville spending some time with us tonight. Tom was part of the ESPN broadcast team last night in Neyland Stadium for the BYU-Tennessee game. A little bit late, but that's okay. Well worth it. We're at Texas Roadhouse here in Knoxville Center. You're listening to The Nation. Let's go ahead and take our second break. We'll be back in just a minute. Powered by the T is the theme for the official 2019 Tennessee football fan shirt, and it's on sale now. Get geared up for game day and pick up a Powered by the T t-shirt at Vol Shops on campus or other participating retailers like Alumni Hall, Hound Dogs, Food City or Cracker Barrel Old Country Stores. Hello, friends. This is Kevin Frazier with Frazier's Carpet One. And when it comes to flooring, Frazier's understands color, style, design, and selection. We've got value products and premium brands. Our selection is second to none. Just give us a call at 546 4850 and we'll come to you with free in home shopping. Everything for the floor, from the store you trust more, Frazier's. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. It's been a privilege to partner with the Vols for over a decade. Tennessee LASIK has helped thousands improve their vision, including VFL greats, Rajon Neal and Will Overstreet. Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants you to see the Vols in 2020. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIG online. Equal housing lender license 109111. 
The world's most refreshing beer is now available at college football's best stadium. This season, enjoy Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light on Rocky Top, now inside Neyland Stadium. So when the action on Shields Watkins Field heats up, Coors Light is there to cool things down because it's made to chill. This fall at Neyland Stadium, grab the beer that supports the balls. Ice cold Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. 21 means 21. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. Proud sponsor of UT Athletics. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome back into The Nation. I'm Chris Lowe with Austin Price. We are at the Texas Roadhouse in Knoxville Center. I tell you what, all the big wigs and big wheels out tonight, none any bigger than Thomas Leifert. And when Thomas Leifert's in the house, this show runs about as smoothly as it possibly could. His dad, Jay, does a great job, but, boy, when Thomas is here, there's always just a little bit extra there. Got Elizabeth Everling in the house, Adam Lowe, a lot of celebs, a lot of shout-outs. AP, you like the shout-outs, don't you? Uh, I do occasionally, yes. We need to get the Price girls in here one night. The Price girls are at home, uh, likely uh, watching TV, getting ready for getting ready to get in the shower, get in bed, and get ready for school tomorrow. Well, speaking of the Price family, this is Austin, their daddy's, favorite part of the show every week it's the marathon question of the week stop by your friendly neighborhood marathon station today you'll discover how full tank of freedom means that no matter what you're up for they'll take you wherever you go marathon fueling the american spirit when you win in football quarterback always gets probably a lot more credit than he deserves when you lose he lot he gets a lot more blame and that's i know that's cliched but the bottom line is, when you're not as good as other teams' personnel, especially up front, you better have a quarterback who's who's a who's a difference maker. Garantano has not been that for Tennessee through the first two games. How much rope does he have left, AP, as we go to this game on Saturday against Chattanooga? Well, he'll start the game Saturday sure, against, but from, against Chattanooga. He, it's Chattanooga. You should play well. You should win the football game. Offensively, you should score points. If you don't, then I think the the rope is gone. You know, I I think at that point, you know, you have to look, you know, give a, a legitimate look at, at doing some different things. The problem is, is the next week you're going to the swamp. Are you really going to throw J.T. Shrout and or Brian Mauer out there at the swamp, kind of like they did Nathan Peterman? That's right. Good and point. He never recovered never here did. anyway, and and went on to play some pretty good football. At Pittsburgh. Right, at Pitt. And then played in the NFL, and he wasn't very good there. But the point is but he still, still played in the NFL. There. That's right. That's exactly right. Jonathan so. Crompton, another guy, you know, didn't, didn't play much good football at all his last year with Lane. I talked to John. You know, Jonathan's now a quarterback's coach of the Toronto Argonauts? Yes. Talked to Jonathan this week, in fact, and um, a guy that got drafted. Who would, who would have ever. What would you talk to him for? Just, just catch, catch up with my guys. But who would have ever believed the year before? If somebody would have told you that Jonathan Crompton would have been drafted. What would have been the odds in Vegas? When the, when the Tennessee fans booed him off the field yeah. at Auburn that day with Peyton Manning standing there. Yes, you're right. I never would have thought it. And uh, But new staff, new new uh, Cheney comes in, Lane comes in, plays great, renewed confidence. But you're, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, and, and that's why it's, I think it's imperative that they play a couple different guys at quarterback this week. They've got to. Okay. Yeah, Tennessee's got to get off to a, a, a big enough lead to get Shrout and Maurer in the game. And, I mean, both of them because you don't know what you have. I mean, you can go, well, we'll go with Shrout because right now, you know, he, he was better in practice this week. 
but in reality, it, it may be Maurer is your guy. You just don't know because neither one of them have played at this level. I mean, the lasting images of J.T. Shroud are the fact that the last time he was the starting quarterback somewhere, he threw 25 picks as a high school senior. Yep. Well, and, and listen, and, and Tom Lugabell, and our thanks to Tom for, for being in great insight there in the second segment. Tom was here on the sideline part of the broadcast crew. I'm always hesitant to, to, to pile on any one player. Football, I mean, there's so many variables involved in football, and I know it's easy to to jump on the quarterback, whether it's Garantano or anybody, but Tom brings the, the best point. T- you know, Tennessee's got to get lined up on defense. You know, that, that's Jeremy's side of the football. They just brought in a guy from the NFL, Derek Ansley, to be the coordinator, you know, who, I mean, I've talked to Nick Saban about him. I mean, a lot of guys really like Derek Ansley. But you can't have the kind of mistakes and the breakdowns and take as long as it took in that first game. I don't know if they ever fully adjusted to Georgia State, what they were doing, went running the quarterback, et cetera. they got to be better along those lines. That's where it starts as much or more. And yet yeah. Garantano's got to play better and he's got to make more plays. But to say that, boy, when your quarterback's been as, as bad or as inconsistent as Garantano – that's why you're losing. No, it, it's a lot deeper than that. Oh yeah, it's it's not just him. I mean, like that that, that to put all the blame on him would just be it's not unfair. Fair. Um, Short sight. But, but with that said, kind of his whole you know aura for the last couple of years was he was the guy that didn't make mistakes. You know, right? You know, he was the guy that that you know at Alabama a few years ago threw a pick on a fourth down down near the goal line late in the game, and when asked about it after the game, said. Well, you got to you know you got to you know you got to throw that football there. You can't throw it out of bounds. It's fourth down. You know you got to make try to make a play. You try to throw it, but yet in the game, the first game of the year, he threw a fourth down pass out of bounds. You know has routinely thrown it short of the sticks. Now part of that's on him for making that throw. Part of it's also on the receivers for running that route. So you know ultimately you know Jarrett's got to be better. He knows he has to be better. He's got to get the ball out on time, and that's been something that's plagued him since he got here is getting the ball out on time. Yesterday, you know, I know Jeremy said you know, he knew of two instances in the game after the game that said he needed to go back and watch the tape to see if there were more. There were more instances of him not getting the ball out on time, but you know, one time was in overtime when he had Dominic Wood Anderson open. Another time was Jarrett Garantano's uh, pass to Juwan Jennings late in the first half that would have been six and uh, ends up uh, as a pass breakup. So, you know, ultimately, JG's got to be a lot better. Um, but you know, there's a reason he's the starter, and those other two guys haven't really got a sniff, a sniff because you know they're they're just they're they're a long way behind him. Does that mean that they can't be players once they get in the game? Remember, Josh Dobbs was a terrible practice player early in his career, but when you threw him out there and the lights came on, he made plays. He was a baller. He was you know? a gamer. And so, and of course, he got better as a practice player over time. But early right. on, right. you know, sometimes who's, you're to, right. who's sometimes to say you can't that? Tell. Sometimes one of those kids don't have moxies. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. I tell you what, I uh, both of us, I think we would agree, AP, are so blessed to do what we do for a living, all the football games we get to go to. I would invite people next year to go to the Heart of Summer Triathlon. It's, a, it's an event put on by YMCA Knoxville. Go to ymcanoxville.org if you'd like to sponsor an athlete or donate or help. My good buddy Amber Griffiths participated this past Saturday morning, and that was so awesome to be over there in the morning and watch those folks go at it and compete, swim and run and bicycle and, and, and seeing all the people in the community come out and cheer them on. You know, I, I guess we all get caught up in wanting our teams or schools to win, but that 
to me, there's nothing more uplifting and nothing more pure about sports and giving and just being there for people than that. Again, it's the heart of, tri- the heart of summer triathlon. It's an event put on every year by uh, the local YMCA. And if you want to go, again, if you want to help or donate, go to ymcaknoxville.org. Uh, it's, it's an event for the folks in our, in our adult special needs community, but just a tremendous event. And uh, I, I would invite anybody to come out next year and, again, go to that site, ymcaknoxville.org, to contribute. Let's go ahead and take our final break here on The Nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse in Knoxville Center. We'll be right back. Hey, fans, this season, enjoy the refreshing taste of Coors Light. Dos Equis, Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. It's made to chill. And Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Both these great brands distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. Celebrate responsibly, and 21 means 21. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. Hey, Tennessee fans, there's a new player in town. Your favorite Blue Bunny ice cream is now available in Neyland Stadium and at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's time to sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Made in the ice cream capital of the world, Blue Bunny offers more than 500 varieties of ice cream and novelties. Look for your favorite Blue Bunny products at participating retailers across the state or at concession stands inside Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. Sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. There's something out there for you and me. And the American road is calling, so what's it going to be? Hey, it's in a American spirit. The world's most interesting beer is now available this season at Neyland Stadium, the home of the vaults. Enjoy the excitement of Dos Equis Cerveza at your watch party tailgate and now at University of Tennessee home football games. Dos Equis is the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs, so it's the perfect beer for fall Saturdays in Big Orange Country. Brewed since 1897, it's all about tradition, just like college football. So keep it interessante at Neyland with Dos Equis. Please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, proud supporter of UT Athletics. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of ValQuest.com, presented by Mortgage Investors Group. All right, welcome back into The Nation, our last segment. I'm Chris Lowe with Austin Price. We are at the Texas Roadhouse in Knoxville Center. By the way, big congrats to former Vol, Jason Witten, who made his return to the NFL today after a year in the Monday Night Football booth, and has scored a touchdown to this point. What's Jason, about 50 now? No, Jason, I think, is 35. And, and, you know, the, and you're right, and I mean that compliment. The guy's played, it's amazing, played as long as he has. And not only played, but played at the level that he has for as long as he has. It's unbelievable. Fans, for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown to Hound Dogs in West Knoxville. Locally owned and operated, Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio 
to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get geared up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. So, weird year, a couple things, and I'll throw out the phone number. We'll take a couple calls, 1-800-688-VOLS, 1-800-688-VOLS. But what a weird year so far in the conference. The, the new rankings come out today. Five of the top ten are SEC teams. And, boy, LSU looks like they are a load this year, by the way. But I don't well, remember. They do if Joe Burrow continues to play the way he played yesterday. Ooh, tough kid. 400 tough. yards through the year. By the way, Witten's 37. Tough um, kid. But, but, but do you remember the divide in the league? Seemingly, we've only, you know, seemingly the divide. We only played two weeks. But looking as wide as it looks right now between the top four or five teams and everybody else? I remember a divide from a standpoint of a top one, two, maybe even three teams. But, you know, when you're looking at a a top five, even like if you say a sixth team in there, um, yeah, there is a huge divide between that top side of the conference and the bottom half. Some tough, tough news out of Kentucky today. Uh, The the Wildcats quarterback, Terry Wilson, will miss the remainder of the season with a torn patella tendon in his left knee. Uh, Wilson suffered the injury on a horse go. It was an ugly-looking horse collar tackle. In the second half, Kentucky's 38-17 win over Eastern Michigan. Um, he's going to need surgery, so he's out. Kentucky will have to uh, to dip down to its second team te- second team quarterback. I know that's a tough one for the Wildcats. Having visiting with Mark visited with Mark Stoops a few weeks ago, he felt like Wilson had made a lot of progress and would be much better in year two. So that's uh, you start looking at the East. And outside of Georgia and, and you know Florida, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a division. Although Missouri rolled West Virginia on Saturday, but it's a division that did look real. That strong. ain't the same Virginia team that Tennessee saw. Last no, it's year. not. No, it obviously without Will not Greer. Not by any stretch. But still, the receivers. But still, they beat him to death. Beat him by thirty yeah. points. Um, but it's an Eastern division that doesn't look real strong. And with Kentucky losing Terry Wilson. Um, going to be even tougher for Kentucky to get back close to what they did last year, which is win 10 football games. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, this is a, a Kentucky team that the schedule set up well to even, you know, not fall back to earth, but just to kind of, you know, and not even just maintain, but, you know, still be relevant in football after that 10-win season a year ago. You know, I mean, under, you know, Mark Stoops, Kentucky has never took a step back. Every year they've either been the yeah. same as the year before or better. They were naturally going to fall back from a 10-win season, um, you know, considering who they lost off of that team last year. But the schedule set up, you know, to the, to the point where they had Arkansas in the West and their natural opponent in the West is Mississippi State, and they're down. It, it changed – a lot for the Cats. Mark Stoops hasn't gotten nearly the credit he deserves for the hey, job Mark, he's done there. Mark Stoops is on that job in Tallahassee because Willie Taggart is going down well, in flames down there. The, uh, Should be owing to themselves. He's and of course you know he he was the DC there. Mark was at Florida State several years ago. He has done a terrific job at Kentucky, and, and I mean and Kentucky's a great example of the administration hanging in there with it and letting him building it, creating some depth, building you know building some experience, and they uh, this will be a tough year though, to get back to, to where they were last year. But, you know, having spoken with him, he feels like that the drop-off there, and this was before Terry, you know, Terry got hurt, the quarterback got hurt, the drop-off wasn't going to be anything close to what a lot of people outside the program well, thought it was going to be. Well, and they're recruiting well. The, uh, to me, the, they've, they've, they've done a nice job in Ohio. 
not only Ohio, but you go into the state of Michigan, you get five-star Justin Rogers. They get a talented defensive lineman, Trayvon Ribka, out of the state of Tennessee. They're, they are a m- much bigger factor in recruiting than they have ever been in football. And so, you know, he has done a nice job there. I really think that he's going to be somebody that Florida State, somebody like that, looks hard at once the season comes to an end. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of jobs. I mean, every, and it's the, the patience in college football <laughs> gets leaner and leaner every year. Again, the, the money coaches are making, the money schools are spending and investing in their programs on facilities, et cetera. There really is no such thing as pace. All right, this time last week, I predicted the balls would win. I was wrong. I'm going to predict again. They will beat Chattanooga on Saturday. Don't sleep on the mocks. Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you spending your Sunday night with us. We'll do this again next Sunday night on The Nation. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. So long, everybody. with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse. Your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Discover how a full tank of freedom from Marathon Marathon will take you wherever you go. Marathon, fueling the American spirit by Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Blue Bunny Ice Cream, available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena, and by Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Keep it interessante and please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation has also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State for more news on college.